0: Your church, this is God's word, not Pastor Eben's word. I am who it says I am, I can do what it says I can do, I will be who it says I can be, and I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God, I boldly declare. That my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. open. And I better not go to sleep. sleep. I'll never be the same. same. In Jesus name. name. Amen. Amen. Father we thank you for the word of God. Because it's a lamp unto our feet. It's a light unto our path. And Father as we gather together in this new year. We declare in advance that we will start strong and we will finish strong. We declare that no weapon formed against us will prosper. And we declare that we will always be the head and not the tail. We will always be above and not beneath because you always cause us to triumph in Christ Jesus. As I step back, I thank you for the Holy Spirit who's already here to step up And feed your people the rhema word of God. And I declare in advance for signs, miracles and wonders to follow the word as you have promised. And I thank you for our lives being the better after having heard the word of truth. In Jesus name I pray. Let everybody say amen. 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 And amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Well, welcome to the year 2018. And as you know, our corporate prayer and fasting starts this week. Everybody say this week. And I believe one of the best ways to start a new year is with prayer and fasting. And so I'm starting a new series today and it's entitled Creating a Faith Diet. Creating a faith diet. And the whole purpose of this new series is to change our appetites from flesh to faith, create a faith diet, and then produce some faith habits that will change your lives for the better. Now last week I ended the year with a message entitled Faith for the New Year. Everybody say faith for the new year. And so if you were not here, I want to encourage you to go and listen to the message on our podcast or watch it on our YouTube channel. And there was a foundational principle that I want to mention and would like to summarize to start our lesson off today. God, his word is made up of principles, protocol, and promises. Everybody say principles, protocol, and promises. Amen. The principle is what God wants us to do. The protocol is the way or what he wants us to do or go about doing it. And the promises are the rewards that you and I get when we obey his protocol. Now, this is important, and this is why I'm reiterating this, because once you understand this, you will see that when you and I choose to live a principled life, we can expect to experience a predictable life. I'm going to rewind that. Here we go again. When we choose to live a principled life, we can expect to experience a predictable life. Say this with me. When we choose to live a principled life, we can expect to experience a predictable life. Now, you and I have two ways that we can choose to live. We can choose to live a life of emotions, a life of fear and uncertainty, or we can choose to live a life of faith, which is also a, a life of principles that's predictable. See, living a principle life is the same as living a faith life. And according to Romans chapter 3, verse 27, if you want to take notes, you can write that down. God's word calls faith a law. And, and anything that is based on principles or based on laws, watch this now, can always be predictable. Living a principled life helps us to know the outcome of something, even though we may not know, watch this now, the details in the process. In other words, what goes up can be predicted to come down it's a principle it's a law and when you and i live by god's word we can now have a predictable life we still might have to go through watch this some trials and some troubles but if you know watch this now the principle and the protocol you also will know the promise that god delivers you out of them all amen So if you have your Bibles, I want you to first find 1 John chapter 5 verse 4. I have three verses for you today. 1 John chapter 5 verses 4, Matthew chapter 4 verses 1, and Mark chapter 11 verses 22. That was 1 John chapter 5 verses 4, Matthew chapter 4 verses 1, and then Mark chapter 11 verses 22 through 24. Faith has the ability to overcome any obstacle in your life once you understand it and learn how to use it. In 1 John chapter 5 verse 4, listen to what it says. It says, for whatsoever is born of God or whosoever is born of God, they overcome the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. So your faith has the ability to overcome challenges in your life and provide you with victory. Give a Lord the hand clap just for that right there. Because you don't have to live a life of defeat if you learn how to use your faith. And according to Romans chapter three verse, Romans chapter 12 verse three, we've all been issued, watch this, the measure of faith. In other words, God, when you got born again, gave everybody the same amount of faith. And the scripture says, if you just have a mustard seed amount, it's enough to move a mountain. So why is creating a faith diet so important? Here's a take home statement that I want you to write down. And I want you to think about throughout this week. What you intake of is what you will partake of. I'm going to say that again. What you intake of is what you will partake of. In other words, whatever you put in is what you will get out. If you eat a junk food diet, you will have a junk food body. Now look at your neighbor and say, is he talking to you? Now look at your other neighbor and say, but he looked like he's talking to you though. <laughs> Amen. If you eat junk food. If you have a junk food diet, you will have a junk food uh, body. If you eat healthy food as a diet, the results will be a healthy body. So when you learn to live, watch this, on a faith diet, you will experience a consistent life of victory and success. So let's look at what a faith diet should look like. Go over to Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4. We're going to now discover what a faith diet is. And the best person to explain the faith diet is our Lord Jesus Christ. In Matthew chapter 4 verse 1 it says, Then Jesus was led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterwards hungry. And when the tempter came to him and said, If you be the Son of God, command these stones to be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written, man shall not live by pork chops alone. Oh, I'm sorry. It said bread. That was the Ebonics version. Man shall not live by bread alone. Watch this, but man shall live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And I love 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, because it says all scripture has been inspired, or it says has been given by inspiration of God. When you looked it up, it says all scripture has been God breathed. In other words, the whole Bible Has come out of God's mouth. Now verse 4 is interesting. Because in verse 4. The word word there. Is the word rhema in the Greek. And the word rhema means. Watch this. That which is or has been uttered. By the living voice. That which has been uh, uttered. By the living voice. But it also has a secondary meaning. It also means any sound produced by the voice that has definite meaning. So you say, make it make sense to us, pastor. Okay, let me explain. When you see the word, word in the Bible, when it's talking about God's word, God's word has two major emphases. One of them is the word rhema. Say rhema. And then the other one is logos. Say logos. Logos is referred to as the written word of God, watch this, or what God has already said. But then the word rhema is when God speaks that written word to you, or, watch this now, or when we speak that word to ourselves and to our circumstances, I'm going to say that again. The rhema word is when God speaks his word to you, what he has already said, or when we speak to ourselves and our circumstances, what God has said. Let me say it this way. The rhema word is when you and I give voice to God's written word or God's spoken word to you. See, Man can't just live by the Logos word. You got to also live by the Rhema word. Because the Logos word doesn't have everything that the Rhema word will have in it. Okay. Uh, uh, last year as I was ministering, I'm only using this example because it happened here at church. I'm ministering and God says to me while I'm preaching because God will talk to me while I'm up here. Touch your neighbor and say he will talk to him. He will talk to him. God talked to me and told me somebody brought some cognac to church. I said, what? Really? I'm up here. I am marveling myself. And because I'm very transparent, I said it to y'all. I said, somebody brought some cognac to church. I said, who did that? And because you all know I'm funny, y'all started laughing. (laughs) After church... That day, everybody say that day. After church that day, Brother Keith, who plays our saxophone, came to me and said, Pastor, you're gonna laugh. I said, what is it? He said, well, two weeks ago, I was doing a gig out of state. And he said, the promoter of the gig decided to give all the musicians a sample bottle of cognac. He says, I don't drink cognac, so when he gave it to me, I just threw it in my saxophone case and forgot about it. He said, Pastor, why is it that I have many saxophones at home? I decided to use that saxophone today at church. So when you said who bought the cognac, to church, it was sitting on the stage while I was (laughs) playing in my saxophone case. And he sent me a photo and I showed you all the photo. Because the rhema word is not going to have everything that the written word has in it. The rhema word does not, the written word does not have thou shalt buy a Toyota today in it. Amen. So when God's rhema word is spoken, listen, revelation takes place and manifestation will always happen if we believe. Luke chapter 1 verse 38 is when the angel came to Mary and told her she was going to have a baby and she didn't understand how. But finally she said, hey behold the handmaiden of the lord be it unto me watch this now according to your rhema word because that word word right there is rhema she said be it unto me according to the rhema word and you know what happened she got pregnant in luke chapter 5 verse 5 this is when jesus asked simon peter to use his boat to preach out of and simon peter had fished all night and caught nothing And so when Jesus got through using his boat, he decided to bless Simon Peter because Jesus will never, ever use you without blessing you. So Simon Peter, he gets, gives, Jesus gives him his boat back. And then he says in verse five, he says, Simon, because Jesus told him, he said, we have toiled all night. Simon Peter says, and we've taken nothing, but Jesus had told him to launch out to the deep. So he says, Nevertheless, at your rhema word, that's the word rhema, I will let down the nets and the Bible says he received a multitude of fishes to the point where he needed some help. Everybody say the rhema word can change your life. Amen. So since we have been told by Jesus that we should live by the word, remember, he said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Since he has told us to live by the word, then faith comes how? It comes by hearing the word. So watch this now. Then living by faith is living by the word. I'm going to say that again. Living by faith is living by the word. So what does a faith diet look like? I'm glad you asked me. Now, you know, today in our society, there are all types of diets. You got your high fiber diet. Your low carb diet. Your vegetarian diet. Your high protein diet. When I was in college, I had a friend who went on a popcorn diet. And the whole purpose of the diet is to try to get your body in order. Well, there are four types of faith diets that I want to talk to you about. Everybody say four types. So you can write these down if you'd like. Here's the first faith diet is a no faith diet. This is where there is no consistent calories of faith and the word being consumed on a daily basis. Jesus said to his disciples in Mark chapter 4 verse 40, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And people who have a no faith diet are typically believers who live from situation to situation without victory. Now look at your neighbor and say, he ain't talking to me. Now look at your other neighbor and say, but he's talking to you though. Everybody say a no faith diet. Here's a second diet of faith is a low-faith diet. And this is where there is a minimum consumption of faith calories being consumed on an inconsistent basis. This low-faith diet consists of attending church on a weekly basis, but afterwards our faith appetites starve for another six days. Oh, I know it's great to come to church but listen, to get one fake meal a week is spiritual starvation. I mean, these are typically people who live from miracle to miracle. They follow Jesus for the five loaves and the two fishes. And as long as things are okay in their lives, then everything's okay with Jesus. But you have to remember... That we read that man should not live on bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. So just like your natural body, listen to me, cannot thrive on one meal a week. Well, your spiritual man cannot thrive on one faith meal a week either. Now just look at you, touch your neighbor and say, he talking to you right now. now. Here's our third faith diet, and that is a high faith diet. This is where a person has developed a consistent habit of consuming the word. Watch this in all forms on a regular basis. Faith is consumed these different ways through hearing the word, through reading and seeing the word. When you read the Old Testament, he says, keep the word before your eyes. So this person consumes the word by hearing the word, reading and seeing the word, and watch this, and speaking the word. This will result in a maximum manifestation of receiving what they are believing on a regular basis. But that's not the highest faith diet level. Here is number four. Everybody say number four. is a great faith diet. This is where we have mastered the high faith diet level, the one I just described, but also use our faith to bless and better and believe for others and not just ourselves. This is a kingdom conscious person who has purpose to use what God has blessed them with to further his kingdom. Now go to Matthew, Matthew chapter 8 verse 5. Go to Matthew chapter 8 verse 5. I'm about to show you someone that Jesus said had great faith. And what I'm going to show you is one of the reasons they had great faith. is because they weren't just using their faith for them. I'm just going to use my faith to give me a house. Give me a new car. Give me some new clothes. And get my kids through school. Well you know what? You might be at a... A high faith diet level if you consume any word, but you're not at a great faith level. Watch what it says now in Matthew chapter 8, verse 5. And when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came running or there came to him a centurion beseeching him saying, Lord, my servant is at home sick of the palsy this man wasn't sick his servant was sick and he says he's grievously tormented watch verse 7 Jesus said unto him I'm going to come and heal him then the centurion answered and said Lord I'm not even worthy for you to come to my roof but speak the word only and my servant shall be what? healed this man was using his faith not for him but for somebody else And the Bible says, Jesus spoke the word and he heard it in verse 10. And listen, the Bible says, after that man said what he said to Jesus, Jesus marveled. Now, I don't know about you, but it takes a lot of marveling to marvel Jesus. We're talking about marveling the Prince of Peace. We're talking about marveling the Lord of Lords. This man marveled Jesus. And listen to what Jesus said. He says, I have not found so what, class? Come on, class. Come on, class. He said, I have not found so great faith. No, not in Israel. This man used his faith for others. And that's great faith. Now, what's interesting is, I'm just, this is a side note. Touch your neighbor and say, this is a side note. This is a side note because it's a powerful principle. See, I'm glad that Jesus did not go to that man's house and heal his servant that way. Because if Jesus only laid hands on people in the New Testament, then there would be people to say, that's the only way you and I can get healed. And because Jesus is not physically here, then they would say, well, we can't get healed. But he said, oh, speak the word. So listen, I don't need Jesus to physically be here to be healed. All I have to do is... Speak the word. Come on, say your neighbor, you need to speak the word. So here is the million dollar question. What is faith and how exactly does faith work? Well, turn your Bibles to Mark chapter 11. Go to Mark chapter 11. We're almost done here. Mark chapter 11. Because I'm going to give you the definition of faith first. And then I'm going to show it to you through scripture. I'm going to give you the definition of faith first, and then I'm going to show it to you in scripture. Here is the definition of faith, and I'm going to do it as if we're in a science class. Here it is. Faith is believing plus works minus doubt. That equals faith. I'm going to say it again. Faith is believing plus works minus doubt is what faith is that is the definition of faith now this is what faith is but not how faith is released And this is why you can have faith and faith not work for you. Everybody has faith if you are a believer in Jesus Christ. But everybody who has faith, the faith that they have is not working for them. And here is why. Because that's the definition of faith, but that's not how faith works. That's just like you can have gas in your car and never use it. James chapter 2 verse 17. I'm going to break it down. It says, even so, faith... If it does not have works, it's dead being alone. Yes, a man may say that I have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. In other words, faith without works is dead. Everybody say faith Faith. without works works. is dead. In other words, what I'm saying to you, faith does not have the ability to work unless it has some works associated with it. Are you hearing me today? So if you're saying, I'm believing God for a job, and all you're doing is praying about it, but you're not filling out applications, you're not looking for jobs, you're not, you know, working with other people, trying to, you know, uh, network and that kind of thing. Listen, there are no works with that. Amen. So, if faith without works is dead, then there is a possibility that some that a person can be doing the works and their faith be dead. Okay, listen to me now. If faith without works is dead, then works without faith is dead too. Now, you may be saying, well, Pastor Eben... How can a person be doing the works if they don't have the faith to do it? Well, you can do something but not believe what the Bible says about why you are doing it. In other words, you can tithe because your grandmother told you to. But your truth in doing it is not based on what God said. It's based on what your granny said. And if it's just based on what your granny said, what granny said doesn't have faith in it, but what God says has faith in it. Amen. And that's why in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 13 it says for this cause also thank we God without ceasing because you when you receive the word of God which you heard from me you received it not as the word of men but as it is in truth the word of God which effectively works also in you that believe. In other words when you come to church this is why I use so much verse and so much scripture and so much word so you can't associate what i'm saying with me you have to associate it with the word and when you associate it with the word faith will build in your heart so let's turn over to our last scripture go to mark chapter 11 are you being blessed this morning go to mark chapter 11 now i'm about to say show you something here that i guarantee you you've never seen before mark chapter 11 look in verse 22 now now allow me to give you the context of this conversation Before we actually read the verse prior to verses 22, Jesus had spoken to a fig tree and when he did it, the fig tree withered away and died within 24 hours. His disciples were marveled at what happened. And so verse 22 now is the continuation of the situation and the conversation. So it says in verse 22. And Jesus answering said unto them, have faith in who? In God. So now, listen, look up at me now. What's about to happen is Jesus is about to explain, watch this, how faith is used. He says, verily I say unto you. Now he's talking to his disciples. And then he says that whosoever, now he's talking to me. So what he's about to say won't just work for his disciples. What he's about to say, it will work for me too. Whoso, look at your neighbor and say, you are whosoever. Whosoever shall say... Unto this mountain Be removed Be cast into the sea And shall not doubt in his heart But shall believe That those things which he said Shall come to pass He shall have whatsoever he said Look at verse 24 Therefore I say unto you What things soever you desire When you pray Believe you receive them And you shall have them Now I want you to notice something That's very important Jesus was explaining how faith works and not just what faith was. If you notice in verse 22, his only focus, watch this, was saying. He said, you'll say to the mountain, tell it to be You believe what you say, you shall have whatsoever you say. But then if you look at verse 24, the focus was not on saying the focus was on praying. So there are two principles of faith that I need you to get today. Here's the first principle, and that is the faith process can start by you saying. That's number one. Here's the second principle, that the faith process can start by you praying. So you can start the faith process out by what you are saying, and you can start the faith process by, by what you're praying. Now, what's awesome about this? This is so good. I believe Jesus mentions both of these principles together because what the average person prays is not what the average person says. Oh, I'm going to say that again. I believe that Jesus mentioned saying and praying. Because what the average person prays is not what the average person says. And here is why the principle of faith, this is why it may not be working for you. Because what happens if what you are praying does not match what you are saying, then what you are saying will not become what you are praying. You can't pray one thing and get done and talk crazy. Or you can't start the faith process by what you're saying and pray crazy. Well, Lord, I I'm just believing for a new job. And I just declare, Father, that new job is going to give me a $10,000 a year increase. And then you say, girl, I ain't going to get no job. Ain't nobody calling me back. And what you are saying and what you are praying must be the same thing. Now notice in verse, watch what it says now in verse 23. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say, there it is one time unto the mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart. There's why I said, you can't doubt in your heart, but shall believe, watch this, that those things which you say, there it is again, shall come to pass. You shall have whatsoever you say. There it is again. Now remember our definition of faith is believing plus works minus doubt equals faith. Now this tells us what faith is, but Jesus is explaining, watch this now, how faith works. So faith comes when we hear the word, but faith works, it, faith comes when we hear it, but it's released When we speak it. And this is why we must develop faith confessions for our lives. Look at what Jesus telling us to believe. Notice this now. Because see most people get it mixed up. Notice what he's telling us to believe. He's not telling us to believe for what we want. He said to believe what you're saying. He didn't say believe for what you pray for. Believe for the car. He didn't say that. He said believe what you're saying. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, what you saying? And a faith confession is a statement that you choose to make in agreement with God's word, regardless of your circumstances. I'm going to say that again as I close. A faith confession is a statement that you and I choose to make that's in agreement with God's word, regardless of our circumstances. So as you say what you're in faith for and you continue to say it, you're not consistently saying it to convince God to do it. You are saying it, watch this, to keep yourself in faith. If you notice, he said, say it at least three times in the verse. You can't say it one time. You ain't believed it. So you're not saying it multiple times to convince God. You're saying it to keep yourself in faith. You see, walking by faith is like the old school layaway system. Look at your neighbor and say, he's about to close right now. He's about to close. He's about to close. (laughs) Walking by faith is like the old school layaway system. See, back in the day, say back in the day. Back in the day when you wanted to buy something... That you didn't have all the money for. You had the ability to put what you wanted in layaway. And what you did, you put a deposit down on the item. Everybody say, that's works. And then you would continue to make small payments until your item was paid for in full. Well, your confession of faith, as you say them, are small installments of your faith. And as you say it, and as you say it, and as you say it, eventually your desire will be paid in full, and whatever you say it, you shall have. And this is how you can recognize doubt. Remember, say you he said you cannot doubt in your heart? Amen. It said, don't doubt in your heart. So how do you know when you doubt in your heart? Because doubting in your head and doubting in your heart are different. Your doubting is when you are, what you are saying does not match what you are believing. I'm going to say that again. You are doubting when what you are saying does not match what you are believing. This is why, listen, you can be doubting in your head but not be doubting in your heart. Because, listen, if doubt is in your head, it will eventually go away as long as you continue to say what you're believing for. Doubt is temporary. But the moment your mouth says what you are seeing... Then doubt has transferred from your head to your heart. And that's how you can know if you're doubting. He wasn't talking about doubting in the head. He was talking about doubting in the heart. And here's how you can know if you're doubting in your heart. When you have stopped saying what you prayed or said from the start. Amen. And if you and I are going to create a faith diet for your life. The word needs to go in consistently and it must be spoken out consistently. Did you get blessed by the word today? Give the Lord a hand clap if you did. With every head bowed and every eye closed. There's some of you need to start this year off with some new faith habits. That's what I'm teaching on next week. How to create some faith habits. Father, I declare now that the word that has been spoken has fallen on good ground. They have received it. They have believed it. And it's germinating even now to produce manifestation in their lives. And as they hear this word over and over and over and over and over again, I thank you for dreams being birthed, I thank you for desires. Coming to pass. And I thank you for faith being released to bless and believe for other people in Jesus' mighty name. Here's my question. If you died today, are you 100% sure you'd go to heaven?